Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post as part of the World Football Index. Uh, I'm your host, I'm Chris, and with me I've got Ryan. Oh. All right. Yeah, you? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. I've got um, Alex. Hello. How's you? How's the dog? Uh, we are both well, thank you. Super. And all the way from Amsterdam, we've got Mark. Hello. This is Amsterdam calling with the votes of the Dutch jury. Oh no, that's that's Eurovision. It's something entirely different. You get you get other things in Amsterdam, do you? Apparently so. I've read about it, but never never partaken myself. You sound very relaxed. <laughs> I think they're pumping it through the air conditioning. Actually, that's how it is. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to be talking about quite a few things this week because there wasn't really any Premier League football to talk about. So I've been delving deep and down. So we'll start off with the EFL Cup. Um, at the moment, Manchester United are playing Hull. Anyone know what the score is at the minute? One uh, to Hull, I think. That is correct. It's currently penalty. half-time. Yeah, Ooh. contentious penalty for Hull. Uh, Huddleston scored. According to Michael Cox, it's not contentious. In terms of, it's not a penalty or it was definitely a penalty? No, no, it's definitely a penalty. Oh, OK. He would know these things because he's very good, isn't he? Michael Cox? Yeah. Yes, he's, he is good and a nice man. He's one of the he's one of these people on Football Weekly. about three or four of them that all have pretty much the same voice. He has a very similar voice to Jacob Steinberg and a couple of others. Uh, yeah, that QPR fan as well, um, Michael Han. Uh, yes. yes. Does Chris? Does that make it difficult for you to write down and copy what, what any of them have said? <laughs> exactly which one it was for the ideas for this. No, I just don't credit anybody. Ah, that's the that's the spirit. <laughs> that's the how I do my football pink articles as well. You know, I thought there was something. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about that. I'm a Liverpool fan. Alex is a Southampton fan. Southampton beat Liverpool one 0 to progress to the final yesterday. So I'll let him have a little crow. Isn't it lovely? No. Isn't it great? <laughs> I'm very happy. It's it's our first League Cup final since 1979, um, and it's our well, te- okay. Technically, we won the Football League Cup in I think 2010, but it's our first proper one since the FA Cup final back in 2003. So it's really good, um, given obviously everything that has happened in the interim. Um, well, 2003, to... you weren't at Wembley, were you? Um. Was that not at Wembley? Oh, the Millennium no. Stadium. Oh, oh dear. That's, oh yeah, no, you're right. It was yes. Um, so that is also, you know, obviously nice, um, and and it's well deserved. Um, it's good for for me. It's good for two reasons because Claude Puel's been getting stick from some segments of the Southampton fans, which personally I don't agree with and it's good to see him progressing in a cup competition 
hopefully to quiet that criticism down a little bit. Um, and it also might persuade some of our players who are probably fancied by other teams to, to stay around it, particularly obviously if we win, because then there's potentially European football, I think. Um, so that would be good, but also just having, you know, the opportunity to contest silverware might persuade the likes of Van Dyke to, to stick around a bit. Didn't you have European um, football this season? Yeah, that went really well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's one of the, yeah, I know. Um, well, I think, I think it's, it's difficult for clubs to, to contest on two or three fronts at the beginning of the season, but I think that's also something that comes with experience. So maybe if we have it next season, we won't balls it up quite so much. Although we did beat Inter, so that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, it didn't go brilliantly. No, that was when Icardi was falling out with all the uh, Inter Ultras, wasn't it? Yeah, Inter were a basket case at that point. Yeah, um, they're a bit different. And they, they are a bit different now. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was the um, the result in Israel that, put us out when people expected us to do better i think so i don't know you grow from these things don't you it's southampton is you got to remember it's not that long ago that we were in league one so um i think all of these things can be taken as as minor triumphs regardless of how they play out in the long run yeah okay well let's talk about the good things then because it was a a great uh, it was quite a good goal wasn't it It was liverpool corner wasn't it that you broke from yeah um and josh sims and then shane long um and it's Shane Long is is one of those people who I think teams or supporters love to have. He doesn't score the most number of goals or anything, but he's incredibly hardworking. Um, and I don't think he ever leaves a pitch without having expended maximum effort, whether it's for us or for the Republic of Ireland. Uh, so to see him get such a significant goal is lovely. Um, and it was good, you know, we'd... Scoring counterattacks has been something that we've not been good at for the last couple of seasons, so it was quite pleasing to see that as well. It was a super through ball to him as well, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, well, Sims is another of these uh, academy products. Um, we seem to be particularly good on the left-hand side for some reason with him, Sam McQueen, Matt Target, um, and obviously going back a little bit, Luke Shaw, and, and a guy I think called Gareth Bale. Uh, okay, he wasn't technically academy, but you know. Um, so we seem to produce these very exciting um, left-sided talents who can play either left back or, or left midfield, um, and Sims is one of those. Okay, um, Mark and Ryan. Well, that's, that's enough Southampton. We'll move along. I don't want to hear any more <laughs> about your happiness. <laughs> uh, Mark and Ryan. Um, Liverpool have won. One in seven in all competitions. Uh, they played eight games in 26 days, though they've been without Mane and Matip for quite a lot of that. Um, some people phoned in 606 last night demanding the head of Jurgen Klopp to be replaced by Diego Simeone in a <laughs> managerial rather than physical sense, I'd imagine. Um, what do you two think? I can imagine that? so. Yeah. It's an interesting one because I saw some, a stat the other day that Jurgen Klopp, at this point in his Liverpool career, has the same win rate as Van Gaal did when he was at United, um, same period of time. And that's really, you look at Klopp and you think that the win rate is actually higher or he's been more successful than he actually has been. I don't think it's time for his head by any stretch. Um, he's a very good manager. I just, I don't know what's going wrong with Liverpool at the moment. And I don't think swapping the manager is really going to help. No. Um, 
Mark, young people, they seem to be very quick to want changes, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, the the phenomenon of Liverpool fans having meltdowns at the merest <laughs> setback, it's not, a, it's not a new phenomenon. You can go back to um, Benitez or uh, Houllier, um, Roy Evans even, to listen to phone-ins and um, people ringing up, demanding this, demanding that, you know, after... You know, some shock defeat or another, um, that they've suffered. I think Jurgen Klopp, I think what, what happened, what's happened in the last few games and, and it seemed to me last night is what everybody's saying this morning is that they're all shagged out because heavy metal football has taken its toll. They don't have a big enough or good enough squad, um, to be able to cope with the demands that he puts on his players. Um, so that's partially Klopp's issue. Um, but second of all, Saying about not having a big enough or good enough squad, that comes down to the the owners who I think have more of an eye on the bottom line than perhaps the owners of Manchester United, Manchester City, and Chelsea do um, in terms of how much they're willing to spend without recouping some from from selling. I know they've, for example, they've just put Coutinho on a big new long term contract, but don't think for a second that Barcelona weighed in with eighty or ninety million pounds for him that he'd be staying at Anfield because they'd be selling him. So I think there's, it's a combination of factors here. Klopp's got his hands tied to some degree, um, but maybe we're just... that they're, they're struggling because of what he asks that team to do, but without putting in that work rate, they wouldn't be where they are right now. So how do, how do you get around all of that? Uh, I think you get knocked out of a competition and... Then you're sort of free from matches. But saying that, there's a round of Premier League games in the middle of next week as well, isn't there? Yeah. But, I mean, talking about Liverpool, I just want to take it back for a second. I thought Southampton were brilliant last night. Yay. I did. Shut up. <laughs> everything, everything they did, they, they, should, they could and should have been ahead at half-time. They had, I, I felt they had the better chances in the first half. I thought they defended brilliantly and they attacked and counter, they counter-attacked superbly. They played a brilliant game. Um, when nobody gave them a chance with players missing and so on. Um, a lot of people were saying that they were playing, a re- not a reserve team, but certainly a weakened team. I thought they were fantastic and totally deserved it. We don't have weakened teams, we just have different options. Ooh. Isn't that, the, isn't that what Sean people Spicer? say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Liverpool have got the FA Cup to look forward to this weekend. They're at home to Wolves, aren't they? So, is that a gimme or... Again, should they be worried? I think Wolves are quite a good side, actually. I don't, I don't know a huge amount about them, but I know they've got some good young players um, at the back. Courtney Hawes, um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Dominic Ayolfa, um, and they've got a couple of pretty interesting young midfielders as well. So they're not, they're not going to be a pushover. Um, but I, you know. Klopp has this thing of, of getting to cup finals and then losing them, doesn't he? So he'll want to reach at least one. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to find out. It probably going to, it's going to be evident at this stage of the competition after what happened last night. Is what are Liverpool going to prioritise? Is it a trophy or is it Champions League? That would have been predetermined probably in the summer, but with where they are right now. Are they going to decide, well, actually, you know, we need to placate the fans with a piece of silverware? 
or do they think, no, let's go for the money and let's put out a weaker team like they did against Plymouth and hope that it's fine? I think that they're going to be going for the Champions League. They missed out on Mario Goetze last year, apparently, because of the whole not winning the Europa League and missing out on the mm-hmm. Champions League. They missed out on him. Um, Christian Pulisic, who they've been linked with, has signed a new contract with... Um, oh, where does he play for? Is he Dortmund? Dortmund. Yeah, he signed a yeah. new contract with Dortmund this week. If Liverpool were pretty much nailed on for the Champions League, would that have happened or would he have waited six months? Jonathan Tarr we've been linked with as well, which would be fantastic. But again, you kind of think, if we don't make the Champions League, would he come? They're not break-the-bank kind of players, but at the same time, they're very, very good players that will get into a Champions League team, aren't they? That's it. And, and these kind of players, and it, it's something that I think has been going on since FSG took over and before Klopp was there, when Rodgers was the manager, they're looking at players who could potentially get them into fourth place, but not necessarily any higher. But if they turn out and work out as successes, they are going to double in value. So they're going to have failures like £20 million on Lazar Markovic, but they're going to have successes like, what was it, £10 million or something for Coutinho, who is going to be worth five or six times that amount come the summer. And that's again, comes back to what I said before, I think FSG have much more of a uh, an eye on profit and loss than any of their top four rivals. Okay, great. Ryan, cheer me up. How are we going to get on on Saturday? I think you'll be all right. It, yeah, again, it depends on the squad that gets picked, really. Um, if you if you go for a weakened side, maybe you'll have troubles like you did last time out. I think knowing that you're no longer in the League Cup, it's probably going to be quite an impetus to to get through this round, especially with the Premier League games coming up as well. It's sort of a similar thing that Chelsea have got, where you know, big games coming up. Where do you prioritise? And but I think Liverpool need the FA Cup. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, the FA Cup starts tomorrow night. Derby versus Leicester in the Marco Gabbiadini Derby, chaps. Um, this is quite a good game. Quite a feisty local derby. These are always big games when um, when I lived in Leicester and the two played each other. I think I can see a, a, a derby win, though. Interestingly, neither side needs a cup run right now. No. Derby are flying in that league and Leicester aren't flying in the Premier League. So neither really needs extra commitments right now but you know the old cliche about playing yourself into form in the cup doesn't hurt uh, and all that but I don't think the managers would see it that way no. this is also the Phil G and Ian Ormond road derby isn't it Pete Shilton Pete Shilton yep yeah. it's a replay of the 1994 uh, playoff final as well and Steve Walsh wrote his name into folklore <laughs> do you remember that when he headed the ball it was a header of the last minute yeah that's a good game um, Steve Walsh, Alex and Ryan. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good man. Yeah. Uh, right, other games we've got the weekend. Blackburn, uh, Blackpool. Is that a local derby? Uh, it's not local, local. It's close enough. It's probably about, I don't know, 30 miles or something. Yeah, it's not that way. It's Blackburn, in that part of the country, there's a lot more closer local derbies than that. Yeah, it's Blackburn, Burnley and Blackpool Fleetwood. It's all beyond Taunton anyway, so it's all up north. <laughs> Blackpool's Blackpool's traditional rivals are Preston. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Blackpool's traditional rivals are their own fucking ownership. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mind you, that 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 is the 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 terrible owners' derby, isn't it? Blackburn against Blackpool. 
you got you you know if they had a three-way kind of old school tournament with coventry then it would be or charlton as well you could chuck them in yeah i don't think yeah yeah that would be what would you call that the bastard challenge something like that yeah <laughs> that's like something game of thrones yeah Alrighty-o. uh chelsea versus brentford ryan you worried no, I don't think so. Although, as I said, it depends the squad. I don't think Conte's going to risk playing too many people that he wouldn't normally want to play. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see Loftus-Cheek, uh, Chalabar and people like that play, Batshuayi maybe, and probably Nathan Ake, uh, unless he's cup-tied. I don't actually know if he's cup-tied when he was at Bournemouth. I don't think he would have been, would he? Because he would have no. left Bournemouth... Yeah, he left just before, the, just before the third round. So... Um, yeah, I think I think we'll be fine facing off against a former Chelsea prospect, Josh McEachran, who's not stopped talking about it in the papers. It could have been Real Madrid. <laughs> yes, which is, is he still which, on loan? <laughs> no, he's actually left. I think I think he right. left permanently, but he's. I regret not leaving for Real Madrid. I'm I'm sort of thinking, would he? Have, I don't think he would have got into the side. I don't know what he's pretending. He's playing he for is, Brentford. He is very good, though. He is a very good player. When he and him, him and Ryan Woods next to each other in the centre of Brentford's midfield is because I've watched them quite a lot last season um, they they play really really well together Brent, Brentford's problem last season was um, scoring and and having centre-halves who were not nearly as good as they thought they were but the midfield was quite handy um, what else we got oh Crystal Palace versus Manchester City this is do you reckon Sam get a win here? Gets Pep. Pep might play some of the fringe players. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. I've gone blank. Del, Fabian Delft, those sorts of players. Yeah. Alex Garcia. Yeah. He's come into the cup side quite a few times, hasn't he? Gabby Jesus might get a game, just a bit of a warm-up and get a welcome mm. to England from Scott Dan or something. Probably. I mean, I think Pep needs the win, if I'm honest. I think mm. he needs... A very positive thing at the moment because he he seems to play the victim a lot at the moment, which I think he just needs a good confident win from his team to make him look a little bit better. Okay, uh, Palace are the best team that I watched them play Everton last week, and they were awful. Yeah, yeah, they were awful against West Ham as well. I saw that game. I mean, they are just dog shit at the moment. Was Frodo not like Big Sam? <laughs> I was <just> say, <laughs> Bro, Frodo, shush. Just, just ignore him. He's fine. He's hanging on your every word. He's got some very loud opinions on football, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> what does Frodo make of Jeffrey Stupp coming back onto the pitch with an injury? He's <laughs> not impressed. That was brilliant. Yeah. Did he get caught in for it? Um, I think he should have been, shouldn't he? He should have been, yeah. yeah. What was interesting was the Crystal Palace fans saying that... Um, the referee made a mistake and that Everton should have been sporting and put the ball out and what have you. Hang on. What was what Schlupp did not even more unsporting to have done what he did? Then they were saying, what if he broken his leg? If he broken his leg, he wouldn't have shuffled back onto the pitch by a yard. Let me tell you. No. <laughs> uh, Lincoln versus Brighton. Brighton are top of the league, I think, at the minute. So the, uh, are they going to be too miffed if they lose to non-league Lincoln? I they, they they're going to want to concentrate on the league, aren't they? And I think I think championship clubs, it's probably less true to say that they derive 
morale and stuff from doing well in cups because there are just so many games in the championship and so many tough games that that any fixtures that you can shed are probably welcome if you're up at that end. And I don't don't think Brighton have necessarily got the biggest squad either. So um, I don't think Chris Hewton's going to want to stretch that particularly thin. They seem incredibly close-knit, don't you? The reaction to Anthony Knockhart's dad dying and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that was love. What he did there was was great. And they are, you know, they're a nice club, aren't they? Brighton. That no one's really got much bad to say about them, apart from there's one team that really oddly hates them. I think it's Palace, actually. Well, they are big rivals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they don't like but each other at all. I, I've never understood that. I'm sure there's some think, very clever reason for it. I think it goes back to the late seventies when Palace had all the a lot of young players and they were going to be the team of the eighties. But at the same, and this was in the second division as was then, what would be the championship now? And Brighton also had a cracking team and got promoted into the first division at the time, got to the cup final in 1983, um, and had a really good team for a few years. And I think the rivalry stems from that in terms of a football um, sense. But I think the whole Brighton being London on sea kind of thing probably fosters some kind of um, not animosity necessarily, but, you know, Brighton people not p- particularly welcoming London people down there at weekends. I don't know. I think that might have a part to play in it too. It's not a mods and rockers thing, is it? It could even be something to do with that. I don't know. But on a football sense, I think that's where it stems from mostly. Mm. It goes back to the late 70s. Yeah. And we've got Middlesbrough versus Accrington Stanley, Oxford versus Newcastle, Rochford versus Huddersfield, Spurs at home to Wickham. Um... Spurs will win that one, won't they, I suppose? And then we've yeah. got Southampton versus Arsenal, Alex, which you won 4-0 last season in the league, didn't you, at home? Um, did we? I mean, I believe you. Well, it was I... Boxing Day or something, wasn't it? Or New Year's Day or something. You beat them 4-0. Oh, that's right, yes. God, that seems like a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, out. Yeah, well, um, yes, I don't, I, don't really, I don't really like making predictions about Southampton. Oh, we'll do it for you then. Mark and Ryan, what do you reckon? Who are they playing? Uh, it's Southampton versus Arsenal at St Mary's. Um, ooh, I, I think Arsenal. I think Arsenal are going to win that, I'm afraid. I think they've just got too much to lose by not going for it. Mm. Cheer him up, Ryan. Uh, I can't, actually. <laughs> I think it could be. it could go to a replay. I think it could draw and go to a replay. You could get a money-spinning replay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, with our new Chinese owners, we're not going to need that, are we? No, maybe you get Graziano Pelle back. <laughs> the most well, beautiful man in football. Well, no, think, that's uh, not what be we... on the touchline, or well, we we're going to talk about that in a second. Oh, oh, oh! Next on the agenda. Didn't your girlfriend say he was too pretty? No, um, Graziano Pelle, not Arsene Wenger. Um, yeah, she did, but then she. She had a second look, and she was like, "That was obviously a stupid thing to have said." So she did. She did climb down from that opinion. Ridiculously, though, she still finds Thomas Muller to be the most attractive footballer, and I really? cannot. I cannot get my head around that at all. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think she may now be defending it religiously, just as a kind of point of principle to annoy me. Um, but nobody can rationally say that Thomas Muller is more handsome than Graziano Pella. My wife fancies... No, no one. My wife quite fancies Olaf Milberg. Oh, yeah, but that's... I mean, Milberg is an absolute hottie. Big, sort of, Aryan 
bearded like me. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a Viking, isn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. You can imagine him on a longboat going raping and pillaging, can't you? <laughs> Uh, this podcast and... is just something completely different, hasn't it? Slightly libelous, that, but yeah. Imagine, I didn't say he did. Yeah, you, I think you said you could imagine. I could. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, okay. This is like juice. medieval England. You can you can imagine things without fear of execution. <laughs> Them coming true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Millwall versus Watford, Fulham versus Hull. Um, anyone see a little upset there? Hull want to concentrate in the league? Yes, I think Hull. I think sorry, Fulham. I fancy Fulham that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Fulham are in great form at the moment. Sutton Leeds. It would be nice, wouldn't it? But I don't think it'll happen. No. Okay. And then finally, Manchester United versus Wigan, the Nick Powell derby. The future of English football. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh Anyone see anything other than a Manchester United win? No, unfortunately not. All right, fair enough. Right, bit of news. Arsene Wenger, as we said, uh, Ryan, has accepted a misconduct charge. Uh, I haven't seen much of the day two yet, but apparently he pushed um, the fourth official and said some rude words to him, and um, this was in the 2-1 win over Burnley. He's accepted the charge. He's got previous for this, hasn't he? I mean, remember he pushed Alan Pardew all those years ago um, when, he was, when Pardew was the West Ham manager, and I think he's pushed a fourth official in the past, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he has. He's also pushed Mourinho, if I remember rightly. They got into a bit of a scuffle where Mourinho maybe grabbed his tie or something. It all got a bit handbags. That's right, he did, didn't he? So, um, what do we think he's going to get here? Four games, maybe? And a stadium ban or just a four-game ban? Uh, probably just a touchline ban. I can't imagine he'll get a stadium ban for all of those Maybe, if it is four games, maybe it'll be two touchline, two stadium, stadium first, then touchline maybe, but I'm not sure. Imagine if Jose did do this. Oh, he'd, he'd, he'd probably get, you know, Manchester United would have to fire him or something. Yeah, what do you two think? Is it all, I mean, I haven't seen this, is it all, was it all a load of nothing or was it bad? It's always a load of nothing in football. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> I, 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 none of the, I, I can't really respect any of the, I mean, what finger poking Tito Villanova was was reasonably aggy, but generally speaking, bad. yeah, no, I mean it was quite bad. But it, all of this stuff, I, I think Wenger basically, I think he's almost trying to push past him rather than shove him away, and I just think it's it's all a bit nothing really. I, I don't particularly care. They're grown men. They let them get on with it. It's like the fourth official was was almost like the friend that gets a bit too handsy when they're they're sort of trying to have fun. They're like trying to push you, and you just like push them away a little bit. Like, no, go away, go away. Like, leave me yeah, alone. Type thing. Exactly. It's I, almost yeah. like he's trying to bat the the fourth official's arm away from trying to put it round him. Yeah, I and it just gets exactly a bit. And it's just a bit like like go away. I'm leaving. Like it's the final couple of minutes. I'm I'm going type thing. And this fourth official wouldn't leave it alone. I think Vanga just pushed out in frustration. But it's not like he's walked up to him all you know hard and pushed him right over or anything like that. Like it's been painted out to be anyway. Is this no, what happens to you when you like go out? Into... Hmm? Nothing like that at all. I, I, I agree with Ryan absolutely. Oh, right. No, sorry. Ryan, I think stand up Ryan was coming from the voice of experience from a Saturday night in Northampton. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. I t- <laughs> when, I, when I go out, oh. Is that the noise you make, is it? <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, those rap scallions in town centre. Oh, I'd, love I'll to sort see, I'd love to see you do one of those WWE videos with a shout at the camera. Yes. I should do that some one time. 
Um, what else we got? Real Madrid have been knocked out of the Copa del Rey semi-final by Celta Vigo. They drew 2-2 on the night and lost 4-3 on aggregate. Um, Celta Vigo play Atletico Madrid in the final as they beat Ibar 5-2 um, on aggregate. And Real Madrid are also amending their club crest, uh, removing the cross to make the club more marketable in the Middle East. Did anybody see this? No. no. Yeah, I saw the headline, but I didn't, I didn't really read anything about it. It was just, yeah, taking the cross out to appease... Those around the world. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's like an offending Muslims thing or whether it was just trying to make them a bit more sort of profitable because maybe if they took the cross out, more people in the Middle East would buy the shirt. That's, I, I, let me tell you, that's nonsense. Like I go to the Middle East on a regular basis, and they could not care less. They like they like Real Madrid because they win things and they got Ronaldo playing for them. I was gonna say, they don't care about the badge. I was going to say no one's been put off by this so far. I can imagine they're quite well supported out there. No, exactly. you know, and on the um, AC Milan are very popular in the Middle East, and they've got the Cross of Saint George, um, which was also used by the Crusaders um, during the Middle Ages against uh, Arabs and Muslim. Not in, it, you know, seven hundred years ago, doesn't stop AC Milan being supported all over the, all over the region. So it's all bullshit. Yeah. It's it's also that cross is about like I don't know half a percent of the size of the badge mm. if you if you didn't know it was there you you almost wouldn't see it uh, it's yeah it's just stupid yeah anybody like the uve badge now they've changed no 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 it's awful oh it's awful. sweet lord it's fucking hideous really i'm on my own in this one mark do you like it help me um, it's good if you were making a team on a computer game from scratch called you know, Joventus or something. <laughs> but <laughs> no, come on, this is this is Juventus. There's no need to faff about with something that is traditional and doesn't need changing. Well, they changed that mm. badge so many times in the past. Well, uh, look, they, a lot. Well, quite a number of Italian clubs are are the products of amalgamations and stuff like that. So there's always been a degree of flexibility with. With their appearance, Juve not because they're you know they're old and well established. But I just think they so they're a club who's done a lot with uh, social media campaigns and a lot of quite clever branding, um, and they've done quite a lot of hashtag things. And uh, you know they they're they're a lot more switched on than most sports clubs in that regard. But this to me seems like such a departure from the general tone they'll certainly stick out among Serie A badges and and they say well it kind of goes back to when the players used to wear a J on their jersey and stuff like that but it's just so jarring oh, I really no, like it kind of pun intended mm. um, that with, was uh, that was some very very good um, alliteration work thank you I thought so um, with everything else in that league and to me Serie A is the repository of class in football um, I know there's. It's what? It yes, <laughs> it is. It, I stand by that comment. What yes, bit are okay, we talking about? Are we talking about the uh, the drug scandals, or are we talking about Juve getting relegated for bribing referees? What are we talking about here? Technically, Juve didn't bribe referees. It was Moji acting on their behalf. Look, I'm no fan of Juve, <laughs> but I just, to me, in terms of, in terms of a, the kind of the elegance of the game, I associate that most with Italy rather than anyone else. And, and I think this is a, a besmirching of tradition. And, and it's also just bad typography, actually. If you look at the way it lines up, 
the the curve of the J doesn't go down far enough or curve round enough for it to be balanced. You know, if you tip it on its side, it looks like a couple having it off. <laughs> you see, that's that's just made for like other tifos to have fun with. Oh isn't yeah, it? definitely. Silly. What, what is your? Here's a question: What is your favourite ever badge? Do you know what? I love Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth's badge, they should never change it. It's obviously a product of maybe the late 70s or 80s or something, but if they change that badge, I'd be devastated. I honestly can't think of a club badge now you've said it. <laughs> I, I'm i a big fan of Torino's badge. Mm. The, the white prancing bull on the um, the kind of deep crimson background. I think that's really nice. I am looking through a load of them now, and honestly, the the old Newcastle badge from the eighties that was just N U F C, but the but it was in like a it was like in a circle, but there was no you know actual circle there, and that it was just the N U F was all as it should be, but the C was on its side, propping the N U F up with a little magpie just hiding underneath it, like from sort of the, the, the mid to late 80s. That was genius. I'm looking, at, like, that. I'm looking at load now. I quite like the PSG one. I think this is a really good question. I'm going to have to go off and and have a look and come back to you with some sensible answers. Go on then. We'll do that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> in the meantime then, uh, the African nations, Egypt reached quarterfinals with a... 1-0 win over Ghana, most Salah free kick. Uh, Ghana also progressed to the quarterfinals where they're going to play Congo. Um, Egypt are going to play Morocco on Sunday. Uh, although Asamajan is injured for Ghana, so he might struggle there. The other quarterfinals are mm. Senegal versus Cameroon and Burkina Faso versus Tunisia. Um, can anyone pull anything? I'm quite hope Senegal will lose because it means Liverpool get Saido Mane back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've watched a fair bit of this. You like Congo, um, don't you? I really like Congo. Yes, is it, um, is it Congo or Doctor Congo. Doctor Congo. <laughs> it's it's Doctor Congo. Um, right. And um, Kabananga, uh, who scored in every game so far, has been quite wonderful to watch. Um, wasn't Wasn't he in Live and Let Die? <laughs> no, oh, no, that's Kinanga. He was, and he was in that uh, Oasis song, wasn't he? Don't look back, Kinanga. <laughs> we got two vine on this show. This is awful. Um, I'm trying to think. What have you been I, doing I, in Amsterdam all day? <laughs> Never answer that question. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's I've I've really enjoyed watching it. I think the um, the the football has been of a varying quality. Um, the pitches have really let stuff down quite a lot. I know Gabon's had problems with really serious rainfall but the pitches from the games last night were appalling um and you get a player like Mo Salah who's you know I mean the free kick was glorious even though the keeper moved to his left a couple of steps um but you know he couldn't carry the ball um particularly well on that surface and players like Jean and the Ayus couldn't either it was kind of cutting up a lot um so hopefully the the quality of the football won't decline as the tournament progresses and the pitches get worse. Um, but it's like Afcon's always brilliant to watch because there's tons of players that I've never heard of before that mm. you get to see. So um, 
I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, I think Senegal will win, um, particularly now the Ivory Coast are out. But um, watch out for the DRC because I think they, I think they could spring a surprise. Go on, then. What do you two think? Um, I haven't watched any of it either, but um, I'll have a stab and say uh, Burkina Faso. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, just on, on AFCON, Jonathan Wilson and Johnny Singer um, are doing, with a couple of others, um, very good little podcasts that are via SoundCloud, but Wilson's tweeting them out, which kind of bring you up to speed with everything that's going on and are, are really comprehensive. So if you do want a sort of crash course in what's happening, those are definitely worth looking out for. All right, excellent. We'll keep an eye out for those. Um, the Copper Tally this week, Juventus beat Milan 2-1, Paolo Dybala and Miralem Pjanic scored, um, and Carlos Baca scored for Milan. Napoli, with a goal from uh, Calon, beat Fiorentina 1-0. Uh, those two were going to meet in the um, semi-final. In France, uh, the Cup action in France this week, Bordeaux beat, uh, lost 4-1 at home to PSG. Who saw any of the goals from this? There's a couple of absolute corkers in this game. Mm, not me, I'm afraid. Well, there was a uh, two for Edison Cavani, two for Angel Di Maria. Uh, Cavani smashed a one-on-one in the back of the net with absolutely no backlift at all, but very nearly took the back of the net off. Um, and Angel Di Maria scored a free kick. It was about 25 yards out. And when you watch it behind the goal and you watch him kick it, you think, well, where on earth is that going? And it sort of curls back in, hits the bottom of the crossbar, bounces on the ground, and actually it's got that much force on it that as it bounces on the ground, it... It, hits, it goes back up again and hits the roof of the net again. It's a fantastic goal. Um, well worth checking one of those out if you get the chance to. Um, Australia. Who's seen any football in Australia this week? It's back on now, isn't it? It's been on for a few months. Sydney FC beat Melbourne Victory 2-1. That's the big blue derby. That's the big That's the big game in, uh, in Australia. I think, obviously, Melbourne and Sydney must have some kind of deep-seated city rivalry historically. Uh- Newcastle Jets are playing Melbourne City at 8.50 tomorrow morning. Yeah, have you watched any Australian football? It's been going on for a few months this season. It's quite good. Do you know what? I'm going to watch that one tomorrow. Go on, watch it. It's quite good. Who's playing? Melbourne City. Newcastle Jets against Melbourne City. Um, yeah, that Melbourne City's the sort of franchise of um, Manchester City, aren't they? They've got Tim Cahill playing for them. Okay. I, I mean, I know literally the square root of fuck all when it comes to Australian football, <laughs> so... You do know what they used to call it? I, I'm nicking this from Football Weekly. Do you know what they used, uh, no. football, they used to call football wogball in Australia? Wogball? Wogball. And there's wow, a, and awful the, people. Uh, I think there's the, a book called Wogball as well. For the reason, for the obvious reasons or some other reason? I think they thought it was, um, yeah, I think it's for the obvious reasons. That they are racist people. Uh, uh, quite possibly. If you know Philippe Claire, ask him, because that's where I nicked it from. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a book called... I don't think they called it... I think they, no, I think they did call it Wogball, because they mentioned it on the World Football Phone in the other week. But of course, they couldn't actually mention the name of the book. So they had to describe this book without actually calling it by its name, because they weren't allowed to. There's that the um, Agatha Christie book, which is now called And Then There Were None... Uh, which was done by the BBC as an adaptation last year, used to have a title which was Ten Little and then a word that you can't use because it's awful. Um, and that was the title for quite some time before they changed it. Oh, right. Yeah, the N-word. 
Yeah. Oh. And then it became Ten Little Indians, and then they realised that that was kind of actually not great either. <laughs> and now it's called, and then there were none. That's tightrope, isn't it? Mm. Uh, some games going on in Europe this weekend in Ligue 1. You've got um, PSG versus Monaco, uh, and then you've got in Italy Sassuolo versus Juve, Sampdoria versus Roma. I keep expecting Roma. Roma keeps. Sh- I've got this horrible habit of shooting themselves in the foot. I was talking to Frank off the Serie A sit down podcast, um, and we both got the same opinion that Roma are one of these teams that have just got a massive ability just to be masters of their own downfall, and it's going to happen at some point. Mm. So they're basically Italy's Arsenal. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and they they are not dissimilar in terms of style either. No. Um, and you know when when they're on song, they're magical. But but yeah, they they can spectacularly implode. Yeah, Jacko's doing very well over there at the minute, and Nangalan's playing extremely well at the minute. Um, but... Nangalan's the sort of player who would thrive in the Premier League. Oh, he would definitely. Chelsea, Chelsea. It nearly did That's happen, didn't go. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, maybe maybe he's got a chance to happen again. He would be fantastic. You're right. He'd be fantastic at Premier League. Yeah, he's just wonderful. Yeah, he's really, really good. Um, but yeah, the people are still saying they haven't got over that 7-1 Bayern game, which was two, three years ago. I don't know whether that's, that's the case or not. Uh, well, Bayern themselves are away to Werder Bremen uh, this weekend and Leipzig are at home to Hoffenheim. Um, Leipzig second, Hoffenheim still the only unbeaten team in the Bundesliga. Um I had a little look around to see what else there is. There's the uh, Vienna derby this case, this weekend. SK Vein versus um, uh, Austria Vienna. I don't know what channel you get that on. Österreicher Fernseher. I don't know. Uh, That's good, good pronunciation, that. Yeah, good dank. Yeah, better. You um, like German films you grown up, didn't you? Do you know what? It depends who's listening, but I, I certainly remember... <laughs> We got Sky in about 1993 in our house, and it was when it was satellite. And there were there weren't that many Sky channels, but there were about ten or twelve free German channels, and it yes, was one of my German A German A levels. So, um, Vox and Pro Sieben on a Saturday night. Not only were they good for your German vocab and grammar and pronunciation, but they were <laughs> I know so where this is going. <laughs> there was like some. There was all sorts of weird Euro trash type programs, weren't there? Well, on Vox, there was also, the, there was the tranny called um, Lilo Vanders. Lilo Vanders, yeah, Lilo Vanders, yeah, there was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember, remember him slash her? Yeah. yeah, I remember her. Did you ever used to watch it really, really early in the morning? No, about, I was standing by then. Okay, but if you turn it on about six o'clock in the morning, there was this one channel that all it used to show was it would put um, a camera on top of a canal boat, and all it would be, it was just filming itself going down this canal going down the canal uh, right. river. That, that was i think i suspect that was one of the regional stations and it would have been either uh westdeutsche rundfunk or norddeutsche rundfunk and it would have been going down the rhine that's what that would have been yes every morning that was on <laughs> i mate i love that you know that <laughs> um <laughs> there's can nothing I, I can't tell you about early 90s german television lilo bloody like, wonders what? Lilo Vanders. I used to watch that. My mum and dad would just got back from the pub and think, what on earth is this that we're watching? Yeah, they probably had some serious concerns about you, Christopher. <laughs> I watched a crime game with my mum and we didn't know the storyline and we had a big surprise. I've never seen it. Have you not? Oh, it's an amazing film. You'll get a surprise the, uh, when you watch that. 
The Vienna Derby's not on um, the commonly available sports channels tomorrow. Ah, and um, We had the championship this week as well. Leeds beat Forest 2-0. Um, Brighton beat Cardiff 1-0. And Reading beat Fulham 1-0. So Brighton are top on 60 points. Then you've got Newcastle 58. They're way ahead of Leeds in third on 51. And then you've got Reading and Huddersfield 49. Sheffield Wednesday on 45. Um, a little bit of gossip and transfers, chaps? Sure. Got that gossips. Yay or nay from each of you for this one. Uh, Thibaut Courtois to Real Madrid. Nay. No. No. How about if I said it was part of a deal for Alvaro Morata to come back the other way with that change of mind? Still no. no. These type of deals never happen. No, they know they don't, do they? They always ruin them. They never happen. Swap deals and, and player plus cash deals, they kind of got phased out in the early 90s. They just don't happen. Yeah. Wasn't Ibrahimovic part of one in Milan? No idea. I th- what happened when David Luiz was bought for Chelsea the first time? Because it was Matic plus cash, if I remember rightly. That's they, cash they though, do... but yeah, not straight swaps though. No, not straight swaps. I I can't see Courtois leaving Chelsea. No. He's come out recently and said that he's quite happy at the moment. Last season was... A bad patch, but apparently it's a lot better now since we sacked our goalkeeping coach. Who was that? Kevin uh, I can't remember what his name is. No. Uh, Arturo Vidal to Chelsea. More likely, but still no. Yeah. No, I'd like it to happen, but no. Uh, go on. Why, why would he leave Bayern? Yeah. You can see it, can you, Mark? No, what? I just don't get the whole thing with Vidal. I don't think he's that good, personally. Well, he was but a big part of that you the same type of player, I would rather go for Nangalan than, than Vidal in that position. Yeah. I think Nangalan's younger as well, isn't he? And he's a and, and he's, and he's Yeah, exactly. Best. Well, no, I, I mean, he wouldn't need to worry about work permits and, and potential Brexit stuff either, well, quite yeah. so much. But he's got a lot of people at Chelsea <laughs> that he'd know. Okay. Um, Felipe Coutinho, even though he's signed that five-year contract to Barcelona. You said that already, didn't you, Mark? Yeah, he's going to go. Yeah, he it definitely It's inevitable. Is. It, could, it oh, might not be yeah. this summer. It could be the following year. But, you know, he's, his Liverpool career is now on countdown. Mm. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if, if the, the deal sort of starts to happen in the next couple of months and is announced in the summer. Yeah. I think that the contract was signed almost as a that he's on a five-year contract, you've now got to pay more to, to buy him. Absolutely, yeah. You think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gaston Ramirez, Crystal Palace, and Robbie Brady to Crystal Palace. Both, yes. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I don't know Very why they... Deals, but... I don't know whether they'd sign Ramirez. Oh, I do like him. I know he's completely inconsistent, but he is fun to watch. Yeah, he can be good. I mean, he you know he had his moments for us, albeit briefly. But Robbie Brady should be playing for a Premier League side. Absolutely. Yes. It would be a shame if it were Palace, um, just because you know that they'll either go down or they'll play crap football anyway. Um, but yeah. I mean that's yeah that's entirely possible. Brady sort of yo-yos up and down between the two divisions, doesn't he? So he's he's Robert Snodgrass Mark too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, and then uh, Real Madrid's Pepe and Islam Slimani to somewhere in China. Well, Leicester have apparently turned down a bid for Slimani already. He's doing all right for this season, isn't he? Yeah, I think it was on the BBC Sport when I looked just before this, they they rejected a 35 mil deal for him. Um, who is the other one you said? Pepe. Oh, that's he signed that already? Pepe's much more likely. Yeah, I thought I saw. I think I saw something maybe earlier that, or yesterday that he'd provisionally agreed the deal, and he was on ridiculous amounts of money per week, as you'd expect. Or Pepe's has, or Slimani. Yes, Pepe. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, he, Pepe's getting on a bit, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Sir. Yeah. So he's he's thirty three, possibly thirty four. So one big payday left. Yeah, he'll be he'll be thirty four in February. Okay. Um, exactly. But yes. So I've got one. Um, I haven't listened to. I sent this into the Squawker podcast. I don't know whether they read it out or not. But uh, Gigi Donnarumma, the big goalkeeping hope of Italy, uh, currently AC Milan, has got eighteen months left on his contract. I perceive wisdom normally is that he's going to be going to Juventus at the end of next season after Buffon retires. But he's got eighteen months left on his contract, and his agent is Mino Raiola. Um, also the agent of Zlatan and Paul Pogba. So will we be seeing him play for AC Milan next season or will he be in the Premier League? He's a brilliant prospect, isn't he? I would love to see him in the Premier League. I yeah, I think well. he'd be great. I don't know where he'd go, though. That's the question. I don't Liverpool. know. Where... What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's more out of hope than anything else. Because <laughs> I don't see, like, I don't see uh, De Gea leaving. Unless either De Gea or Courtois go to Madrid, obviously that would open that space up to either one of those teams. And it's much more likely that De Gea would do that than Courtois. Yes. That was and my thinking. Po- and, and Pogba's at United. Manchester City. And he's got the same agent. Oh, yes. Manchester, yeah, Manchester. Although, I still have hopes for Joe Hart, you know, he's to go not... back to Man City and, and, and survive there. I think Bravo's proven that he, he can't hack it. And I think Hart's probably sitting there thinking, I'm yeah. going to go back to a pretty big payday, probably. I don't, yeah, I, I also don't know if, if Donnarumma would be a, a Guardiola goalkeeper. Um, because he's not, he, you know, he's not renowned for the kicking style. So, um, he's, if, what, if, he's, he's 12 or something, isn't he? <laughs> he's 18. <laughs> lots of time for him to learn. And, and Manchester City's transfer policy currently on for the last few year or two has been very youth orientated with potential and growth and also potential sell on value as well when they've mm. been buying people like Sane, Gabriel uh, Jesus, uh Sterling even. Marlos Moreno. So mm. does he not fit does he not fit that? Yeah. yeah. I I don't I I'm not sure he's a sell on. I think Donnarumma is he's so good from what I've seen of him, I've watched a few AC Milan games, and he—he's already that good that you'd you'd buy him and keep him. Yeah, yeah well, that'd I'm, be your I'm goalkeeper for like, life. Yeah, I'm talking maybe seven, six, seven years in the future when maybe you know maybe Manchester City just never are capable of challenging Barcelona and Real Madrid on a consistent basis, and he wants to leave, and maybe they you know they buy him for fifty million pounds now. What what a transfer fee is going to be like in? Six seven years time for somebody who's still only twenty five years old, let's say, who decide who who does fulfil his potential, but decides he wants to play for Barcelona, mm. or he wants to play for 
I don't know, maybe there's a maybe the Chinese league gets even more out of control and and improves and everything else, and suddenly he's worth 120 million pounds. And you know, Manchester City have got seven good years out of a player. And this is what this is what my thinking as well about some of the prospects that they're buying is they are actually looking at this and thinking, you know, if we can't ever be one of the the royalty, you know, there's still always going to be new money. If they're never going to be royalty in European football, then somebody like him could be sold and they can make more than their money back. Mm. Jerry lives in a convent. Does he? Yeah. Him and... Oh, is it Roman Yoli, the young defender? Yes. They both live in a convent just near the San Siro. He was bought off Roma, wasn't he, Roman Yoli? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got that name. No, that's awful. <laughs> uh, so no, trans- I'm not letting you have that. <laughs> okay, I'm very sorry, Alex. <laughs> Some transfers that have gone through. Um, is Nyang definitely gone to Watford on loan? Has that happened? Yes. Has it? Yeah, they that's... got an option, haven't they? If he plays a certain number of games, they've got to buy him for £13 million, haven't they? I would get him to play those games then. Yeah, I would. <laughs> would you? Oh, do you know what? I'm still very unsure about him. I think he's a bit Adama Traore, just very fast, but just no real end product. I, I think he's better than Traore. I but think then he I is, think... yeah. I think he's better. I was being a bit crude when I said that, but I think he is better, but I just think he lacks an end. Sometimes. Yeah, but but he could. you could do a sort of Theo Walcott with him um, and, and play him as a very, very fast single striker, um, which would work rather than stick him out on the wing. Okay. Mm. Patrice Ever has gone to Marseille. Um, Lazar Markovic has gone to Hull on loan. Uh, Hull's transfer policy this last couple of weeks has been a bit bonkers, isn't it? They brought him in on a loan. And Robert Snodgrass, is he gone to West Ham yet or is he going to West Ham? Don't think it's official, but he's going. Yeah. By the looks of it. Uh, Julian Lescott, talking of bonkers transfer policies, has joined Sunderland. And Jared <laughs> Delafeu has joined Milan and played last night. I think he was in some kind of false nine position from what they were saying. Mm. Um, transfer window ends on Tuesday, doesn't it? Yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Same day as tax filing. Oh, I've done mine, mate. Have you? Yeah. Smug bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you just pay an accountant to do it. Uh, I, I, you see, I, I'm not doing well enough yet to pay an accountant, so I got to do it myself. They don't charge that much. Mm. Yeah. Unless you're on the, unless unless you're getting paid a hell of a lot of money, in which case then maybe maybe they do cost. You've been on the telly. You must be able to afford an accountant. <laughs> uh, I wish. <laughs> Ryan, you got a game? Yes, I do. Ryan, uh, who's career it anyway? Got Start it. On somewhere else. Um, so, um, I think five players. The theme of this week is forwards. Four are retired players, one is currently active. Um, what I'll do is I'll run through their career history in terms of what clubs they've played for in the order that they've played at the club, and you just have to guess who it is. Um, and then you get points, and then the person with the most points at the end wins. I'm a bit, nervous you, I'm a bit nervous you said this week as if this could be an ongoing feature. Well, you never know. If, if you like it, you can do it again. <laughs> Go on then. Honesty. Uh, so, first player. So, like I said, theme is forwards. So, all, all of them are forwards. So, player, I'll take the state of the player and then I'll go to their teams. So, retired player. Uh, started at PSG. 
moved to Arsenal, then to Real Madrid, back to PSG, went to Liverpool on loan. Oh, I know who this is. <laughs> went to Manchester City. Yeah. Then went to Fenerbahce, Bolton, then Chelsea, then Shanghai Shenhua, then Juventus on loan, then West Brom, then Mumbai City, where they ended their career. It's not Trevor Benjamin, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible career he's had, though, eh? Yeah. 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 And he's still only 26. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who do you think it is? It's La Solk. Yeah, and Anelka. Oui, oui. Yes. Anelka, correct. Uh, cool. So, next player is... I'm not going to take the net, obviously. Retired. Uh, they started off at River Plate, then went to Parma, then to Lazio. Yeah, I think I've got it. Then to Inter. Yeah. Then to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Then went to Milan on loan. Where he lost in the 2005 <laughs> Champions League final. Oh, <laughs> then, went to, then went to Inter on loan. Joined Inter permanent basis. Went to Genoa and then finished their career at Parma. I think we've all got this as well, haven't we? Gone then. Her name, Crespo. Yes. I, was, I should have picked harder players. I thought maybe I would just pick <laughs> randomers. Yeah. People with varied careers and then go from there. He's so, a coach you know. now. It must be pretty cool to be coached by Hernan Crespo. Yeah, especially if it's like, well, it depends what he's coaching you, I guess. Yeah, you're, um, you're not a goalkeeper. No, no exactly. <laughs> Goalkeeping coach Hernan Crespo. That'd still be cool. Uh, so next, they retired again. Uh, they started their career off at Liverpool. Then went to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Then to Newcastle. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> And then that's when, that's when he retired. That's when he retired. And then went to Stoke City. And then went to every single horse racing track in the country. Then became um, the world's worst commentator of football you've ever known. And maker of adverts for 4x4 vehicles. Has he? Oh, you must have seen that. No, I haven't. So have you, you guys have seen, seen it? No. Have you seen the, the thing where... Um, He's Neville Southall's doing some goalkeeping coaching at Stoke. It's from years ago. Michael Owen was probably only about twenty-one at the time. <laughs> Michael, Michael Owen's doing like Michael Owen's being the forward, and he keeps just blasting the ball past this kid who's about thirteen. Yeah, and Southall yes. just calls him like a dick or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have seen that. <laughs> Neville Southall got okay. sued by his own. Oh, no, he sued his own daughter, didn't he? Oh, he, he is a total legend, Neville Southall. He is. He's the reason I wanted to be a goalkeeper. But no, he, she had his medals or something, and he wanted them back. And I think he got quite estranged from his family, didn't he? And he ended up. Yeah. He's as big, probably, as my house. But have you ever <laughs> seen him play charity football? He's still got it. Yeah, he, he might be like fifty odd now, and like you say, he's the size of a house. But the competitive streak could still be in him. Did you watch one of those? It was one. He was on Sky. You know those sort of charity things where they get like Brian McFadden to play football at St James's Park with loads oh, of other celebs. He was yeah. in goal, and he'd still leap off the floor and spring and pounce and everything, even though he yeah. probably didn't need to move to fill the goal. <laughs> <laughs> right, fourth player. Uh, this is a 
they're currently still playing. Uh, so they started off at Arsenal, went to Birmingham on loan. Oh, yeah. Then, then, then went to Sunderland on loan. Yeah. Then to Juventus, went to Wolfsburg permanently, and currently plays for Nottingham Forest. It's Paddy Power's lingerie <laughs> model, isn't it? <laughs> the Lord. Impulse. The Lord. The, the Lord and Saviour. I was sort of hoping to trip you up with, well, maybe the Crespo, but there's, so hopefully this, this last player is going to actually catch, catch you out, but we'll see. Retired player started off at Baldock Town. Oh, where? Then went to Watford. You know, started off where, sorry, I didn't hear. Baldock, Baldock Town. Yeah, I know who it is already, I think. No. <laughs> he probably yeah, does. Yeah, it's probably just the, the should have skipped that club. Uh, then went to Watford, then Sunderland, then Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. Then do you know where do you know where he went? Southampton. Southampton, yes. And then oh, uh, Aston Villa, Villa, then Birmingham, then West Brom, then Birmingham, then Birmingham. Yeah. Then and, and then like all of those repeat times <laughs> for <laughs> Blackpool, Crystal Palace on loan. Crystal Palace permanently, and then Leicester City to end their career. Jeff Horsley. I super Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips. There you go. That was one that I thought he'd been around the block. A bit like an Elka had. He's been around the block about eight or nine times. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, no, that's it. Well, that was rubbish, wasn't it? No, make your next make, next week. Make them like the last one. That was a good one. Yeah, okay. Michael Owen was a pretty a easy one to get, yeah. Yeah, I thought that. I just, I just wanted to talk about what crap commentator he was, to be honest. I wanted to vent your frustration at that one. I just, I just hate Michael Owen. <laughs> uh, right, well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. But, Mark and Alex, you've got a couple of things to plug, haven't you? Um, Mark, you go first. Issue 15 of the Football Pink. Yeah, released now. Um, available from the website, footballpink.net. It's all over there. Lots of good features in, um, all listed on the website. What, what's involved? It's a really good issue. Um, neither yourself nor Alex are present in this one, and that probably makes it better. <laughs> I forgot totally after I said I'd do something. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I knew I knew that, and, and didn't even bother to hound you. So knew that was what was going on. But you know what? It worked out well because then that, it gave me exactly the right amount of pages I needed for for what. So don't feel too bad. Oh, good. I love the look of that football in Vietnam. I'm quite I'm quite looking in the Vietnam War. Quite looking forward to reading that one. Yeah, the article's called "Bombs and Belly Aches." That's a happy Monday's record, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Alex, the men who stare at goals. Um, yeah, which you very kindly reviewed um, for the Football Pink's website. It's a football manager anthology, um, which I've edited. Uh, Ian McIntosh has done the foreword for it, and it's a mix of saves, um, advice on player scouting, uh, a lot of personal stuff about how people have got on with the game and how it's played a part in their lives you can buy it by going to my website which is putneilsingoal.com all one word um named after obviously the famous danish physicist niels bohr uh for reasons that i'm sure you all know um and we 10%... do don't we ryan you, you probably do, do. I don't know. Yeah. i've never heard of him 
So I'll, ex- I'll explain in a second then. Uh, 10% of the proceeds go to uh, CALM as well, the uh, the charity that helps um, prevent suicide, particularly in young men. Obviously, a lot of the people that play football manager are young men, uh, and they're also the group that are most at risk from suicides uh, in the UK. So that is a good thing. Um, Niels Bohr, uh, his brother Harold as well, both played for Academs Bolt Club, which is a Danish currently... Um, championship equivalent side who were the university of copenhagen's team and members of which won the uh bronze medal i think for for denmark in the 1908 olympics and niels all was a goalkeeper harold was a right back so there you go okay i like joe devine's one that was quite good uh joe's was very funny yes the first time i read it um i was I think I was actually in bed at home when he sent it through, and I I wept with laughter. I did. I genuinely <laughs> loved. I actually, yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. Joe's a brilliant writer. In fact, this is worth plugging as well, not for me, but for Joe. Um, he's got a piece up on Football Three Six Five today about uh, football in pubs and how changes to the television deal and stuff is basically driving pubs either to um, put their drinks prices up massively or stop showing football. So it's an important thing that I think will probably affect quite a lot of people. So you should get to Football 365 and read Joe's piece. Okay. And whoever wrote the bit about Toronto as well, the article there, that was quite good. Uh, Yes, he's actually Canadian. Uh, Well, he's not Canadian, he's English, but he's living in Canada um, and and works with a charity over there coaching kids. Um, So there's, there's lots of good stuff in there. There are, there's some really good ones. I'm, I'm actually quite pleased with that, having kind of put it together and everything. I know what it's like now, Mark. It's <laughs> fucking difficult. It's, it's soul-destroying, energy-sapping. Uh, um, you start, uh, you close your eyes and all you can see is semicolons. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's um, a labour of love, isn't it? It is, yeah. But when it comes together and it's out there and, you, you know, you shift the first copies, um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. It's, uh, it gives you the same kind of pride as the seeing your firstborn child walk free from court um, off a, off a <laughs> It gives you that same sense of, of, of achievement and uh, well-being. Were you that firstborn child? Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> so, so was I. <laughs> uh, well, look, Russ and the guys hope we'll be back on Sunday. Um, I think they're going to be talking about their room, football room 101s. Have you anyone got one quickly? Uh, all tabloid coverage of Raheem Sterling and other young black players. Yeah, Mark. Uh, you put me on the spot. Don't say cheating. <laughs> Don't say what? Don't say cheating. <laughs> no, no. Give me a minute, and I'll think it's all right. Ryan, Michael Owen's commentary. <laughs> Fair. I'm going to go to people who don't like cheating in football. Because yeah, I've got no it. Shithousery is fine by me. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Right, Mark normally gets wound up by shithousery. I do. Uh, and I'm going to put that contraption that Ronaldo advertises on the telly. Oh, yeah, good shout. Yeah, that, yeah. That thing that probably doesn't even have a plug to the mains. It's just him flexing his abs <laughs> on the television. And, so, you know, it's, it's a phony product. 
It's a fake. It doesn't, it doesn't even exist. It's just an excuse for him for 30 seconds during the ads breaks to flex his muscles more than he already does. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we get to see what uh, Ross and the guys say on Sunday about that. Um, Man of the Post is part of the World Football Index where you can uh, follow them at World Football Eye on Twitter. They have uh, podcasts with talking about teams from South America, Russia, uh, Italy... Uh, Germany um, and other such bits and bobs little special features there was a good one with uh, Manu Veth from Football Grad this week talking about his favourite 11 um, a couple of good ones where they talk about Soviet or uh, post-Soviet oligarchs as well that's quite good um, so you can get those from at World Football Light uh, Man of the Post is com is the website at Man of the Post is the Twitter account and also the Instagram account um, Ryan if they want to follow you how do they do that? Uh, my handle is at the Ryan Goodman. Mark, they want to get your football pinks. Um, on, on Twitter, I'm at the football pink, and to uh, purchase the magazine, actually, they should go to thefootballpink.bigcartel.com. All right, Alex, they want to follow you. How do they do that? It's at afh Stuart with an ew. Um, and the many star it goes either through the website, as I said earlier, or also. Uh, but neilsingold.ticktail.com you can get it there as well excellent okay Uh, if you like what you hear uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes each five star review is great for you and very happily received you can download from Acast as well you can subscribe so uh, they automatically land in your generic smartphone um, or whatever Ryan happens to have at the time Um, so thank you ever so much guys thanks thank you Thank you. No worries. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Mark, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a laugh of um, acknowledgement. Let's say knowing experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm.